Magic is power. Patrick, I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry, me. What is up, Jerry? Oh, not much, Pat. Not much. I am doing great. How are you? Um, I'm doing pretty well, man. I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited to uh, to get into our episode tonight. We have an awesome special guest on this week. We do. We do. Um, as always, we want to thank HipstersTheCoast.com for bringing you guys Leaving Legacy every Friday to your ears. Uh, you can find us also on the Top Deck app as well. Uh, Jerry, I'm sure you'll be using the app uh, up at Seattle when you go up for the GP, right? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, also, if you want to support the show directly, you can visit patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. You can support the show for as little as a dollar an episode. We have some awesome rewards. I actually have a special new reward that I'm working on in secret that Jerry has doesn't know about yet. Well, um, well I've actually had it. I've had it in the works for about three weeks now. I should have a finished product uh, in about a week. And uh, did, so when I get that, you guys will be able to see what, what I'm working on. Did the board approve of this? <laughs> I unilaterally made this decision, Jerry. All right, we're going to have a talk board. after the show about your decision-making <laughs> skills. <laughs> um, all right, so, Jerry, uh, we got all that stuff out of the way. Do you want to introduce our, uh, our awesome guest this week? Uh, we do have an awesome guest. He's our friendly, lovable neighbor, Heidi Ho Wilson. How you doing? Hello, friends. Welcome, welcome. Fulfilling your destiny, as has long been prophesied, making an appearance on Leaving a Legacy. What's going on, man? Yeah, honestly, the Brainstorm show was a uh, long play to get to this point, and I'm really excited to be here today. The long con, the long con. Right. (laughs) I can appreciate that being like 38, 39 episodes in and just trying to get on the Leaving Legacy podcast. I can appreciate that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, it was worth it, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So... Uh, excited to be here. I've uh, interacted with a lot of the community members on the Facebook group. Um, you guys have a much more active community than we do on the Brainstorm Show. But uh, but yeah, so really, really enjoying talking to you guys online and uh, excited to be here. So appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, a tip for you to grow the Brainstorm Show's uh, group, what you just got to do is uh, you need to drink heavily and then remove all filters and just start typing. It, it's worked great for me on the page. <laughs> well, I already drink heavily, so I'll remove the filters. And I think we also need like 68 poll questions for like random <laughs> deck matches. Wait, I just want to say that March Madness is awesome. That... <laughs> it <laughs> it's is. It's awesome for people who are participating who have brackets. But I, yeah. I mean, I don't have a bracket, but I do vote, which I guess is fun. Um, right. Yeah. Other people are like, what are with all these random polls? But <laughs> they're not Warren, as random as they look. <laughs> yeah. Warren's been doing awesome. Uh, you know, similar to the March Madness uh, basketball bracket. Warren is running the legacy March Madness pitting top 64 decks. And there was actually quite the upset. Pirate Stompy uh, <laughs> won by the skin of its teeth. Well, uh, what, what did it beat? I forget. I have no idea. Four Color Delver. Never underestimate Four the Color Delver. That's oh. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Pirate Stompy beating Four Color Delver by a single vote. <laughs> you cannot underestimate the power of memes. Uh, Bob Wong calling out everyone who didn't vote for Pirate Stompy. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bob publicly unfriending anyone who voted oh, against. Just, yeah. just going nuts. Going nuts. <laughs> he takes that deck seriously. Apparently. 
<laughs> so great fun. Couple more weeks of that. So if you haven't voted yet, be sure to get on the uh, Facebook page and vote for uh, you know the top deck that you want to take at home. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> oh boy. Um, all right, so we had um, a few topics today. Uh, the first one, I guess we can go over, and I don't know how long this is going to take, but we did have a 111-player event in Rome. Uh, the MKM series hosted their legacy event uh, last weekend, and we saw 111 players come out with uh, Sneak and Show being apparently the most represented deck at the tournament. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do we, have, do we have thoughts on this? I mean, we can go through the, through the top eight, which had zero copies of Sneak and Show in it. As um. I expected. Yeah, I just think it's important just because I think this is probably the last big-ish legacy event we're going to have before GP Seattle. Wilson, do you know of anything else happening? Uh, no, just the 5K legacy event right before, which is yeah, like obviously not going to affect it. Yeah, so. Right. Um, so, yeah, which uh, we're going to be playing in. I'm excited for that. Yeah, take pretty pumped. Some, yeah, take home some glory at uh, Mox Boarding House before the uh, main event. Yep, indeed. Uh, so yeah, so Sneak and Show making the largest appearance, nine copies. Uh, doesn't look like we have a top sixteen for this, but uh, no copies of Sneak and Show in top eight, unless they're counting this Omni Show list, which I don't know uh, if they're. They have it. They have it. Perhaps they have it uh, classified as Burning Show in the deck list section. So, but mm-hmm. this is like the this is the uh, Sneak and Show list that's running. Uh, intuitions and is running burning wi- the burning wish package as well. Yeah, much going going much heavier on a spell based list. Uh, burning mm-hmm. wish kind of acts as uh, show and tell copies uh, four through seven mm-hmm. uh, because you just put one of the show and tells in your sideboard. So it just instead of relying on sneak attack, it just goes all in on the show and tell plan, which can sometimes backfire. Yeah, there's like no sneak attacks in this uh, at all, right? Even throughout the yeah. sideboard. Yeah, no sneak yeah. attacks at all. Just going straight on the show and tell plan. Which, I mean, Wilson, you know, it's the hardest part of the deck, right? It is the hardest part of the deck. <laughs> I've learned that here. Um, so yeah, it is interesting that you know this lone deck was able to make its way through the uh, the Sea of Delver because um, you know Sneak and Show was the most popular deck with lands tying it, but we saw plenty of Delver decks as well. Yeah, we had so we saw eight Grixis Delver, um, and then just going a little further down the list. There were four copies of Bug Delver and four copies of Bug Control, which I don't think they probably classify as a as a Delver list. I'm not sure. I'm guessing um, it's like instead of Delvers, it's running things like Baleful Strix and Jason right. the Mind Sculptor, but the other right. you know 50-ish cards are the same. Right. So, I mean, I guess there's not a ton of Grixis Delver, but there were seven copies of Death and Taxes as well. So that's also um, something that, that Sneaky Show can struggle with depending on the build. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one actually doesn't. This one we were just talking about, like this one crushes death and taxes. Right, yeah, right, right. Uh, Wilson, anything kind of jump out uh, to you about this uh, top eight? Yeah, well, I think the top eight is super diverse in my opinion. Like you look at this and you have three Deathrite Shaman decks that are totally different. Um, Julian, obviously, amazing player, top eighting with elves. Uh, just eight different decks that work in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. This like sort of my thoughts on the format are that it's pretty wide open with mm-hmm. Delver being the deck to beat, but if you make a deck that has a reasonable game against Delver, other than that, there's a lot of different things going on. So there's these decks are uh, fighting on different axes. Like we have miracles with some 
powerful two-man enchantments and obviously doing the miracles game plan with sweepers and planeswalkers all that stuff jund making a showing again i think is really interesting dredge i think is extremely interesting in this top eight because i've i've sort of felt like dredge is really well positioned right now we don't see a lot of people playing it but it's actually doing fairly decently i think so that's something to keep an eye on yeah, I think people are kind of getting lazy on their graveyard hate, relying too much on the death rate decks. And Dredge, of all the graveyard decks, I feel is just best positioned to exploit that. Because Dredge is not really one of those decks where you need a hard graveyard answer. Like, they can get through a single death rate shaman. You know, they don't want to, but it's doable. Right. And then the death rate shaman decks are also playing surgicals. And I noticed that this Dredge deck only plays two silent gravestone. I think I'd personally sort of put four, just palm four Silent Gravestone in my dredge sideboard because most of the Deathrite decks are playing only Surgicals as their sideboard hate, and Silent Gravestone just really lays a smack down and lets you grind out those Deathrite decks. So mm-hmm. I, I think Dredge is definitely a well-positioned deck right now. Yeah, and Silent Gravestone, for our listeners who haven't uh, you know memorized the new sets, it's from uh, the new Ixalan. Uh, what's Rivals. I can't Rivals. Rivals. Yeah, Rivals. See, I can't even remember the name of the sets, a little <laughs> in the cards. <laughs> uh, it's the one colorless artifact. Cards and graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities, right. uh, which I think is pretty much the only reason why it runs it. I don't ever see Dredge pay- doing the four tap exile silent gravestone and all cards from all graveyards draw a card. Right, right. Probably not being paid for in Dredge. <laughs> But uh, it is cool. They're just kind of running it as a one colorless uh, ground seal. Yeah. Um, so we kind of predicted that when this card first got uh, spoiled, that this might start popping up in sideboards. And here we go. Uh, yeah. One other thing I wanted to just touch on, too, something that I've actually been putting together now in paper, uh, Rug Delver making it in, its way into the top eight. And this is a deck yeah. that we've actually seen make its make headway in the last few months. And I'm curious mm-hmm. as to what your thoughts are, um, uh, Jerry and Wilson, kind of on why this deck is making... I mean, I don't, I don't want to call it a resurgence, but it's starting to pop up here and there uh, on the back of what do you think is making this deck strong right now? Well, I think that uh, the format is wide open. I know that that's sort of a cop-out answer, but as far as... <laughs> like, I think people are, are doing some clunky things here and there. Like, I think people are playing four colors a lot. I think people are... You know, trying to play, like when you play Deathrite, sometimes you play three mana spells, four mana planeswalkers. Rug Delver really lays the smackdown on that with the Stifle Wasteland Hyper Days plan. I call it mm-hmm. Hyper Days because Rug Delver, more than anybody else, plays the Tempo Shell just mm-hmm. super efficiently. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that Rug Delver can definitely prey on a lot of these decks that get greedy. Um, and I, and then in general, I just I feel like the the format's pretty wide open. So like if you have a streamlined game plan, which Rug Delver does, I think that you're going to do okay. You know, if you have the consistency of Luke cantrips and all those different things. So yeah, I think that's important. Like you can steal so many games with just back to back wasteland days, stifle their fetch. Like mm-hmm. so many games just get decided <laughs> on that alone. Because you kind of have to, because looking at this list, this deck just seems like it's working against itself. It's running four Nimble Mongoose and two Hooting Mandrills. Like, those cards do not belong in the same deck. <laughs> yeah, Hooting Mandrills is interesting because it's almost pseudo-shroud against a decent amount of the format when you consider that it dodges Bolt and Fatal Push and Abrupt Decay. So mm. it's like, you know, Shroud against non-Source of Plowshares, but like you said, it, it turns off the Nimble Mongoose. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Well, the biggest thing, too, is like Hooting Mandrills just stacks up terribly against Gurmag Anglers, which are everywhere right. right now. Like, 
I've started going on the Tarmogoyf plan in my bug list yep. just because uh, Tarmogoyf matches up much better against Gurmag Angler. Um, so it's kind of interesting that they're completely cutting the Gur- uh, Tarmogoyfs from this list and going for the four Nimble Mongoose, two Hooting Mandrill. And it doesn't look... I'm not seeing true name nemesis either. Like, they're there running... two in the board, but to be honest... And one thing I was going to mention, Jerry, not to cut you off, but was... The list that I'm going, that I'm kind of working on right now, I'm cutting those Hooting Mandrills for two main, uh, main deck true names, which I don't know if is the is correct call because you're we, gonna have to pay we, three mana for it. You're not gonna be able to pay one like you can with Mandrills, but yeah, I mean we've seen like one or two, like we've seen like four Delver, four Nimble Mongoose, three Tarmogoyf, and a true name Nemesis, mm-hmm. but like this creature base of four Delver, four Nimble Mongoose, two Hooting Mandrills, and that's it main. Is just super interesting. Like mm-hmm. it, that seems like so light of a threat count for a deck like this, especially yeah, I mean, when half your threats work against each other. Yeah, I mean, perhaps the idea is that the it's, is the format like would you call the format removal light? Because I don't, I don't think that's where we're at right now. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, Nimble Mongoose is the OG slippery goose, hard to right. kill. Right. Um. So I mean, Nimble Mongoose is great in that it. It uh, dodges things like Fatal Push and Bolt and everything other than Sweepers. I mean, now that Terminus is at an all-time low, Nimble Mongoose probably went way up in value. But just combining with the Hooting Mandrills just doesn't seem to work <laughs> on paper. But, yeah. I mean, this person top-aided, so who, what are we to say? <laughs> yeah, I just uh, get bigger picture with the top-eight and say that the format's pretty open. Yeah. Which is sort of my take from this. So yeah. I, I personally, if I were to sort of try to play the perfect Delver list, I'd be, I'd be playing Deathrite Shaman to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, if I want to play a mana denial strategy, I'd, I'd maybe play like a Lewis CBR Stifle Grixis Delver list. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I think that this thing could definitely be pretty efficient. So they did pretty well with it. Yeah. Speaking of uh, removal, let's talk about the Jund list for a minute, Um, because Jund is a list we have not really seen a lot of, but I know a bunch of people got really into it with the unbanning of Bloodbraid Elf in Modern, and Jund is one of those decks that basically all you have to do is switch out the mana base, and you have a fully functioning legacy deck. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, this, this deck is just designed to kill things. Um, running Toxic Deluge main, three Abrupt Decay, running a Terminate main. I cannot remember the last <laughs> time I saw a Terminate in a list. Uh, one Fatal Push, three Lightning Bolt, two Colagons Command. Um, other than, you know, going for the kind of combo hate, it's running three Thoughtseize and four him to Torak. A full playset of Liliana the Veil, three Bloodbraid L, four Tarmogoy, four, four Dark Confidant, four Deathrite Shaman. I mean, and also a Sylvan Library main. I mean, this deck looks like a killing machine if you can draw the right cards at the right time. Uh, Wilson, what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. I think it's a fantastic deck that you can port easily over for Modern. I think if you play a lot of uh, matches with this type of deck in Legacy, you'll be frustrated by the consistency because, like you said, Mm. you don't have any decisions over your draws with the cantrips and whatnot. But it preys on a lot of the blue fair decks in Legacy. I think if you have a large sample size, you'll beat them most of the time. And him to Turok and, you know, just the general sort of mid-range card advantage strategy is actually fairly potent against 
Sneak and Show and Storm, and you shouldn't undervalue how well you can actually beat those decks. So I think that Jund is actually a decently positioned deck that's also probably something that people can build fairly easily now that Bloodbraid is unbanded in Modern. Yeah, like if you are playing Jund in Modern, um, it is very easy to uh, port over to the Legacy. You basically have to pick up a couple Wastelands, which have gone down in value a lot thanks to the reprints, and then the dual lands you do need to buy are on the cheaper side, you know, three Bayou and two Badlands. That's that's pretty doable as far as, you know, legacy mana bases are, are concerned. Well, interestingly, this person doesn't run Punishing Fire. Yeah, they're not running the Punishing Fire list, So, uh, which I can agree with. I kind of like this build a bit better. Yeah, I think that this is interesting, but I think that if you are somebody who can't pick up Wastelands. Obviously, Grove of the Burn Willows is also an expensive card, but I think that's just another option for you if you want to consider a different type of gen list. Yeah, true. Um, I do, man, looking at this list, all I want to do is curve Bloodbraid Elf into Kolagon's Command, though. Like, that seems good. awesome. <laughs> um, they did have to flex their muscle, though, and show that they're not running this as a budget list. Did you see the sideboard? Yeah, two, co- right. <laughs> two copies of Chains of Mephistopheles in the sideboard. That is a statement. <laughs> yeah, that's like, no, this isn't a budget list. Like, it's almost like they just jammed like a moat in there just to show. Right. <laughs> yes. uh, actually, I, I was shocked the other day. Uh, someone sent me a screenshot. I'm checking right now to see if the prices are the same. But uh, someone showed me that Chains of Mephistopheles was up to like, oh, yeah, look at on TCG player right now. There are three copies available, uh, a near mint one at $850, and then a played one for $600. (laughs) Chains of Mephistopheles has exploded in price this year. It's ridiculous. It's insane. So, yeah, I like the two Chains of Mephistopheles in the sideboard are probably worth it almost as much as the rest of the deck combined. (laughs) Eh, not quite, not quite, but it gets there. (laughs) Um, what about this miracles list? Anything interesting about it? Miracles sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Books are for nerds. <laughs> um, talking to Rugvet actually earlier in the uh, group chat, uh, he mentions that the miracles lists are down to only a single search for Ascanta. Um, and he said the reason why is because it is not that great against all the Delver lists. Uh, what do you think about that, Wilson? Listen, okay, you chose to have me on the show. This is what you get. Miracle. These Miracles decks, they love to just banter about, like, three cards. They switch them in and out. I don't give a... Whatever. I don't know what your rating is on this podcast, but it's our, it's our. Okay, the number of search for Escanta. Who cares? They think that this somehow affects their matchup percentages against the field. I think that with this deck, you have to acknowledge what you're doing, what this is good and bad against. I think the problems with this deck is that the mana base is much worse than old miracles used to be. I think that they're onto something in trying to cheese with some main deck uh, back to basics. I think that that was, you know, maybe they're actually onto something there. I think that, obviously, Anurag did decently with some main deck preordains. I think that once you start, like, getting outside the box and trying different things, there's maybe some percentage points to be gained. But, yeah, as far as, like, the, the one or two searches, that's just some, like, minor matchup thing. If this is some deck you're considering playing, put it together, see how it goes. I think that this deck has some major weaknesses. I'm not a super big fan of Miracles right now. 
This is why I'm promoting High Tide as the predict deck of choice. <laughs> uh, you guys laugh. High Tide is going to take over Legacy here in six months. You just wait. So uh, uh, we, need, we need to get Marcus <laughs> Truckus on MTGO. We need to get him on the cast to give us all the secrets. Well, yeah, he, he he's like he he's putting his price to all the podcasts. He's basically trying to make <laughs> like make a bidding war so that we. I know, I know. I'm in a group <laughs> chat and I'm like messaging Wilson on the side. Like, is is he quoting you prices? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's pretty smart. Uh, he's a Swedish capitalist, through. right? I, I, yeah, I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> uh, well, one thing I just wanted to mention, I don't know if it was a budget choice or not. It's funny calling Blood Moon a budget choice. Instead of the Back to Basics, it's running a Blood Moon main, yeah. uh, which is a kind of interesting take. I consider that a sign of weakness, if I'm being honest. Jeez. All right. We're moving on before <laughs> you right. offend I'm sorry. anyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man what else we got all right uh i know our fans uh of the poison would be dis- disappointed if we miss this infect making top eight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's been a while since we've seen an infect list in top eight if i'm not mistaken yeah i mean infect's one of those decks that i feel can top eight any tournament if it yeah. goes its way totally infect um, is very good i think that it shows that the format is more open than delver or bust Everybody wants to make you believe that you have to beat Delver. This is sort of why that we've been talking about High Tide, even though High Tide is bad against Delver. This is the same kind of thing. I don't don't un- don't undermine my propaganda. Wilson. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but in I'm general, <laughs> I would say that you don't want to play Infect against a hyper efficient tempo deck playing lots of removal. But I think that actually now is a good time to play it because people are playing lots of different decks. And Infect is the kind of deck that when when the meta is fairly open, which I think it is now, it just comes in and you can do very well with it. So it's a very good GP deck, for example. Yeah, it can just steal wins, and as long as you don't get uh, a string of bad luck with you know shitty hands or having to mull again, um, this is definitely a deck that can take you to the top eight. Uh, anything else before we move on? It looks like a fairly stock list, but then again, yeah. I'm not an infect expert. I didn't see anything too uh, out of the ordinary in the uh, in seventy five here. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Bloss- one blossoming defense, whatever. It's, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, a single Wasteland in the sideboard is kind of interesting. One Wasteland main and one Wasteland sideboard. Yeah, you see that occasionally. It's something they can crop rotate for. True, true. Uh, Moving on, four-color control. Uh, Now, Wilson, I know technically today for us, but last week for the listeners, uh, the Brainstorm Show came out with an episode, and uh, you kind of talked about the list you've been brewing up for the GP um, how is this list, you know, similar or different from yours? Okay, my, I, I think this is the New Age shard list. My problem with these decks is that you see, let's talk about the mana base. This is actually where I feel like it's the most important part of the deck. You see two basic lands and then a very greedy mana base. In my experience playing these decks, it's really hard to utilize the basics other than trying to set up some sort of death right decay on Blood Moon. Against Wasteland, even a single Wasteland, even if you're fetching basics, is really going to mess with you. And that's that's my issue with the deck. So it grinds super well. This is always going to be a, a solid strategy in Legacy because it's a fair blue deck, consistent, grinding well, does well against other fair decks. But at the same time, I, th- I feel like that's a mana-based problem. This is really heavy on Strix. Strix is a card that's very good against some people and really embarrassing against others. 
and three is a lot for a card like this. Mm-hmm. Three Kolagons Command. I really love Kolagons Command and Legacy right now. It's a it's a catch-all. It lets you not lose to Chalice and Vile and, and things like that while also having fantastic value and fair matchups. And uh, so, yeah, really love it. I, I, I like this kind of deck. I just think that the problems are the greed and the mana base. And I don't think you have to go so hardcore into value that you give up on a more aggressive plan and, and sacrificing the consistency of, of your mana. So. so when I see those basics, you know, I think of Blood Moon Protection. So you're saying it's just not even worth the Blood Moon Protection? Just say, you know what, if they Blood Moon me, they Blood Moon me, so be it. And then just go for a more consistent mana base for the rest of your matchups? The way that the games play out is I, I think that you need the Death Rite in play. Like, they have two Abrupt Decays, so you're sort of banking on getting a basic and a Death Rite and an Abrupt Decay to get out of Blood Moon. Yeah, that's a little goal. <laughs> and I I understand it, but a lot of times the basics hurt you more. Like, if you do just averages in a Wasteland matchup, if you get Wastelanded once and then have a basic in play, you've actually hurt yourself more than having a non-basic in play. So yeah, um, that that's just my issue generally in these really greedy decks that have a couple basics, and that's sort of the problem I think I run into. You know that that is you know really good advice. I can you know kind of speak to that firsthand. I've been testing the hell out of my bug list for GP uh, Seattle. I ended up uh, selling a bunch of stuff and putting it together on Magic Online to test it nonstop, and I'm very unhappy with my mana base because. I kept running into all of these eight moon decks for a solid week after what was it? The Italian tournament where it was like the team tournament where all four legacy decks were blood moon decks. Right. Um, So I was just running into blood moon deck after blood moon deck on magic online for a solid week after that tournament. And I got so frustrated. I added a basic swamp to my list to try and make it work. And I'm just constantly not happy with my mana base with the deck and constantly tinkering with it just because running a days list with a basic land that isn't an island you want to run like the swamp or the forest so you can get that abrupt decay off death right shaman that it just causes all sorts of other problems so you know i i think maybe you're right that you just kind of have to grit your teeth and bear it and just not bother with uh with the basic because it's going to end up doing more harm than good and if you end up playing against that blood moon deck just hope you have the force of will for it instead yeah if you're going to play this type of deck maybe consider just the hydro blast package and i know this deck has two blue blasts in the sideboard already but that's sort of just what i would hinge on with this sort of strategy so something interesting i mean i think that red stompy is generally good right now and that's reflected online but something i think that's Another thing that's interesting about this four-color list is it has three lightning bolts. That's a little bit unusual, I think, for a, a four-color pile deck. So, Yeah, I was surprised. So your list that you shared uh, with me uh, was the opposite. You're only running a single lightning bolt in your list, correct? Yes, yeah, three fatal push and one lightning bolt. Yeah, whereas this deck's running three lightning bolt, one fatal push. Um, I'm assuming they did that because they wanted the reach i guess but they're not really going for the face that much but i mean what what's kind of the the theory behind that split so i mean i can explain mine a lot better than this obviously but so for for my deck it's a little bit different because i have young pyromancer and i'm trying to play a lot of matchups off of basic lands so you get a lot of situations where you play the young pyromancer and also fatal push on like a turn three 
Uh, swamp is more important than mountain in my deck, but the mountain is still part of your fetching plan. So sometimes you're getting swamp, death right, and then fatal pushing. And then generally in, in a more controlling deck, you want a more flexible option of killing creatures. And there's all sorts of creatures, like for example, tar even Tarmogoyf that doesn't get a lot of respect is still a card that get pl gets played more in paper than people think that it does. There's more bug lists out there than people necessarily give uh, credit for. And uh, even things, random stuff like Thought Not Seer, there's just all sorts of stuff. Knight of the Reliquary, I think the Fatal Push is, is generally more of a hedge card, and uh, it's just, mm -hmm. it's better for my Grixis list. So a pile list is a little bit different because they play actually so much more removal than I do. Like you look at this mm -hmm. and they have a Fatal Push, three Lightning Bolt, two Decays, one Edict, three Cola Guns Commands. And then they also have like three baleful, baleful strikes and then the Jaces. So like their whole deck is removal. And whereas I'm focusing on some things like discard spells, really a balance between disruption and reactive removal. It's just a different strategy. Right. So, you know, you may have a lot of similar cards, but the way you play them out are just completely different. You know, they're going for a much more reactive strategy where it sounds like you're going for a much more proactive approach. Yeah, I'd like to think that my deck that I've been playing is is a balance in that the, some some matchups you need to be very proactive and then some the reactivity is really important. Whereas this is saying like my entire list is reactive and I do this really well and that's just going to be my whole deck is value and reactivity. So. Mm -hmm. And then also to clarify, so your your list is also only three colors, correct? Whereas this is a four-color list, which is why you favor the basics. You just have a less greedy mana base. Exactly. The trop is only for matchups where the death right shaman life gain, you know, eat creature matters, and there's one ancient grudge in the sideboard. So it's just a Grixis deck. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Awesome. Uh, we already went over Dredge. Our buddy Julian, congrats <laughs> to him also. Taking it down with elves. Uh, I don't even know if I feel qualified to talk about his list. Uh, how's your uh, elf knowledge, Wilson? Well, I mean, in general, I think that this deck is really well positioned. And other than going through the list, I think that more people would be doing well with this deck if it wasn't one of the most complicated decks in Legacy to play at a high level. So, so wait, let me get this straight. More people would do well with this deck if this deck was easier to play. Right. Well, yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty basic, but it's it's like Storm, but maybe even accentuated. I think this deck is probably even better positioned than something yeah. like Ant. Where there's, there's more triggers to remember. Yeah, and it's a whole different part. It's like a different part of your brain. It's it's just like a, it's, it's a crazy deck to really learn and, and master. But there's a lot of nuances with this list I think are really interesting. He has the one cavern, which is cool. Um, it looks like he has like one more mana guy than some people have been playing. You know, you look at the sideboard. Two mind break traps is somewhat interesting, as as, as in terms of what he's respecting in the sideboard. So I've been running a mind break trap in my sneak and show sideboard and been loving it. That card is active way more often than you would think. Yeah. Um, it it comes into play a lot, and the fact it's a lot of people just think of it as a counter spell, but it's not. It actually exiles the spell, so it can it can effectively counter uncounterable things like abrupt decay if you need it to. So that is that is pretty interesting that he is uh, running it in his sideboard. Knowing well, I mean, I guess he can hard cast it just with the filtering elves available, but I'm a, I'm assuming he's casting it for its alternate cost more often than not. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that like in in general, uh, two chokes is is pretty cool. I think that my my general like plug for this deck is that don't sideboard, don't over sideboard. So mm-hmm. I I think that's simplifying it for anybody who's played elves, but for anybody who's looking to get into the deck, I've noticed a lot of people just palm their thought seizes and decays and these cards against decks they shouldn't bring bring them in against. Your elves plan is very good against a lot of the field, particularly the fair part of the field, and you need to have a very specific plan for the all of your sideboard cards to the point where you're you you need to make sure you're not hurting yourself with your, with your sideboarding. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on with that, what I do really love about the MKM series, and I wish more tournaments uh, would do this, is they actually give us the bracket of the decks and how they competed and finished in the top eight. So. Jund beat Rug Delver. I, I feel that's pretty expected. I remember back in the day, like 2013, 2014, uh, Jund was the favored matchup in that uh, in that match. Um, yes. Then Four Color Control for Dredge. Four Color Control took it down. What's Four Color Control running for Graveyard Hate? Mm-hmm. Uh, two Surgicals. And... Yeah, two Surgicals, and that's it. Um, it is also possible to just beat Dredge on the counter magic plan. They're also um, running like a, the place at a death right shaman as well. So yeah, to, but I mean like that as well. It, it true. No, it, it's true. It's just like death right shaman and, and surgical aren't enough to stop like an explosive start out mm-hmm. of uh dredge. Oh yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, looking at it. Yeah, that is interesting. Only three force of will too. Uh, any other counter magic? No. All right. So four color control took down Dredge. I probably would have expected Dredge to take that out, but I w- I'd kind of be interested to see that uh, if there's matchup videos for that. Yeah, it looks I, like there's uh, you know the fourth force in the sideboard, Flusterstorm, a couple red blasts to hit a lot of the the counter magic. The Colagon's commands do a little bit of double duty here on the Silent Gravestone sideboard plan, and mm-hmm. in general, you should definitely not overestimate. Dredge's ability to not crap out, so sometimes they just do that. <laughs> that's yeah, that's also true. <laughs> so I think this is a reasonable result. Yeah. Um, then Miracles versus Infect. I probably would have given that to Miracles anyways. Just I think Miracles uh, has enough of just the removal and the fact that you can like instant speed Terminus away a Infect creature after they have poured their entire hand into it. Kind of gives Miracles an unfair advantage in that matchup. Uh, and poor Julian losing to Omni Show. <laughs> he got showed out. <laughs> uh, Omni Show kind of is pretty favored against elves unless they get an insane start with uh, like Cabal Therapies or other discard spells. Um, yeah. Show and, show and Tell can just kind of win at instant speed. So that's unfortunate going on. Omni show beat miracles, which I've gone back and forth over. What's a better matchup in that this Omni show list. Isn't running beside you. Uh, they um, have three in the sideboard, right? Do right. They yeah. Oh, the, do they? Yeah. The board. Yep. Oh, never mind. I did not see those at all. That totally changes the story. <laughs> I, usually they're only running like one, but I mean, because it's the burning, burning wish package, they're especially uh, heavy on their instants and sorceries. So 
Yeah, that would actually change matters. Yeah, the the three uh, sideboard Beseju is that that earns like twenty four hours of ranting in the Miracles chat online. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's a lot of Beseju. Right, <laughs> that is. <laughs> yeah, I totally missed that. So yeah, when so, we went yeah. on the deck list, I almost mentioned that, but I'm like, ah, it's fine. It won't come <laughs> I up mean, in the rest of our conversation. <laughs> they were freaking prepared for Miracles because that's like the best card you can have against Miracles. Right. Um, going back on the other side, four color control beat Jund. That would have been a really interesting match to watch. That grind fest. Right. Uh, what do you, What do you think about that? What, do you still think four color control has the grind value over Jund? Yeah. So I there, there's a. Do you, can I just talk about the whole top eight and like what I think is interesting here? Yeah. 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 So I think that four color control against Jund is one of the most interesting matchups in this top eight. I like four color control in this matchup because I think it's basically the same thing, but with Colgon's command and Snapcaster, uh, sort of, and, and then nowadays Leovold, there's enough tools that push you over the edge here, adding the consistency that I really like four color over Jund. It's part of the reason why I think in tier one, Jund is a great uh, int- sort of entry into competitive legacy, but I think the four color deck sort of like takes this slot, and I think this is a really interesting matchup to show that. My other matchup that I like a lot here is the finals. Don't want to steal your thunder, Jerry, but I think that <laughs> that four color control versus Omni, I think this is a good example of why a, a deck like four, four color control is actually pretty good right now is that it's solid against a slow combo deck because it attacks from these different angles. Like the sideboard Besejus are not actually that as impressive against a deck that has all the mm-hmm. discard options and just different angles of attack and Leovolts and all sorts of things against Omni Show, and I'm sort of glad to see that the four color control deck won there. Um, I, I the only disagreement I have, I think, is Infect and Miracles. I think Infect traditionally is sort of favored over Miracles. I think that they have more uh, situations where they can they can just sort of get you. It's harder to set up a terminus in time against Miracles, even though you have the plows. Um, so that's sort of where I would sort of like the infect deck, and then but then other than that, mm-hmm. I I sort of think that the the top eight played out like you'd expect it to. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. You think uh, infects favored? I guess. Yeah. Maybe I'm giving miracles too much credit as far as the old school miracles list that could just kind of like terminus and then lock them out. Like I feel old miracles with countertop. I uh, can really grind on that, but well, oh, yeah, all miracles with countertops good against anything. Even then, though, I think that like elves was better than Delver against miracles in old miracles, which is like uh, you know Clay, whatever his last name is, the kid won GP Columbus last year in a very miracles heavy meta, and miracles and and then Infect was like a solid choice against miracles even with top. But I think top miracles was good against anything. So yeah. I guess it's an unfair, unfair position. Right, right. <laughs> awesome. So that was the MKM series. Uh, what does this kind of tell us about the Legacy Meta? It's very different from SCG Worcester. I mean, this is a uh, European tournament and much smaller than SCG Worcester, but still some of the best players in the area. Um, how indicative do you feel this breakdown is compared to what we're expecting to see in uh, GP Seattle? I think that this in general just shows that the metagame's open. I wouldn't look at the top eight and say anything about it 
but as far mm-hmm. as like looking like you said looking at the just the the overall deck breakdown i think it's generally pretty uh comparable i think that grix delver will be higher percentage in the u.s Death and Taxes is an important one to note here because it's really popular in paper. It's more popular than it is good, I think. I think that it's a top five play deck in paper no matter how good it's going to be. I don't think it's horrible, but I think that it's, you know, it's a deck that's played a lot. Uh, I feel it's only going to get more popular, too, with the Rashad and Port reprint. Like, it's getting to the point where Death and Taxes is almost cheaper to put together than Burn. Absolutely. I've, I've heard a couple people say that. So, yeah, it's very popular. And then Eldrazi, halfway down the list. This is one of those decks that if you only look at MTG Goldfish results, you might not respect enough. But tons of people play this deck in paper. Mm-hmm. You've got to be ready for, for Eldrazi if you're going to play in North American Grand Prix. So spinning off of that, I think that's just important to talk about as far as the composition of legacy players going to tournaments within the last couple of years. Um, You know, we give Wizards a lot of shit, but as far as accessibility to legacy for these different decks, there's been leaps and bounds in what you can play. Like for years and years and years, the only budget choice available to you was Burn. And then Dredge got introduced and you could play Dredge. Now you can also play Eldrazi and Death and Taxes. Like the options for budget decks keep growing. And I think that has allowed a lot of people uh, to enter into the format that we wouldn't have seen previously. And because of that, we are seeing these decks that, like you said, Wilson, are more popular than they are good. You know, we may not, they not be the favorite to win a tournament, but sometimes they can just post conversion numbers just based on the sheer number of players who show up with it. Totally. I agree. Gotta respect these decks. Like, even if you don't think the deck is good, like, I know plenty of players who scoff at Eldrazi, who scoff at Death and Taxes. Uh, You know, players will always scoff at anything, but, you know, you have to respect these decks and expect to play them. Yeah, you... you, They are gonna show up. You can't scoff. I mean, I I played against three consecutive Eldrazi decks at some regional, just sort of practice tournament uh, a couple months ago, so... You just sort of have to accept this is the way Legacy is. And honestly, once you become a competitive player, I think that's actually the biggest downfall of people who want to win a lot is they like to complain about Chalice on one, and then they say, you know, I mean, they just like to post about that and talk about how everything. But honestly, that's like a huge draw to playing cards like Kolagon's Command. And I think there's a huge deck-building opportunity uh, and, and actually ways to sort of hedge against these strategies that you may not respect. So it's just part of the game, and I think you've just you've you've got to go for it and deal with it. Yeah, for sure. So let's kind of transition over to GP Seattle. We're all getting prepped for it. We got our hotels booked. We got our plane tickets bought. Uh, what's left, Wilson? What are you doing to prep for the event? Uh, so I've I've tested a lot of the deck that I'm playing. I think that I'll just get a little bit more comfortable with it. I don't know. Just, just, just feel good about the tournament. I'm doing a lot of work stuff these days, so (laughs) just, just trying to knock that out. Uh, For those of us not naturally good. (laughs) No, 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 no. I mean, it's, it's like I, I spent like you know hundreds and hundreds of hours of trying to practice legacy and get to the point where I can like play in these things. So, I feel solid about this event, and I think my deck's in a good spot. 
So I'm I'm honestly just planning the pranks that I'm going to play on Jerry while he's sleeping. <laughs> at this point, Wilson, Wilson, I don't sleep, I wait. Oh snap! <laughs> That's not true. Jerry's an expert sleeper. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got we got a club podcast going on. Uh, me, Wilson, and James U from uh, People of Magic, or no, sorry, Humans of Magic. I'm sorry, James. Jeez, Jerry. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Humans of Magic are all uh, bunking together with uh, our friend Ian, who will never come on a podcast because he hates the sound of his voice. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. Oh yeah, I'm really pumped. So I we got to do some sort of content because I promised it on the on the brainstorm show. Okay. And, uh, oh, oh, you mean like recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm promising it here, so we're promising it on all the different channels. <laughs> we're gonna set up a recording studio in the hotel suite. Right. <laughs> also, speaking of, uh, we were super late at booking our hotel room, <laughs> and the only hotel room left is one with a single king sized bed. <laughs> So they're all gonna snuggle Bernstein Bear style. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I like we sort of sold James on this by saying like, "Oh, it'll be we'll we'll somehow audible to a, a like a, a big suite with like all these different beds when we get there." I have no idea what the chances of that actually are. <laughs> Just gotta bribe the front desk. Yes. <laughs> um. Well. I'm prepping for the GP. Uh, we got an event uh, coming Jerry, up this Saturday. Wilson's like, I'm just going to show up. Jerry's like, oh, I quit my job. <laughs> I haven't slept in two weeks. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. So big news is I got a new job. So I freaking quit my job. So I'm so happy about that. And it, I'm pumped because it worked out perfectly where Friday is my last day at my old job. And then I'm not starting my new job until after GP Seattle. So I have like a solid 10 days to just grind magic online and get ready for the events. Uh, yeah. So I'm wondering how it's going to affect. It's probably going to do nothing. I'm going to go. O two drop anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but at least I'll have the opportunity and I'll be able to just play a shit ton of magic leading up to it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still working on the bug list. I've kind of changed it drastically using, you know, input from you, Wilson, uh, as well as other people, um, I'm, mo I'm back on the, uh, the Tarmogoyf plan. Um, I think you're right. You know, Tarmogoyf doesn't get the respect it, uh, it deserves right now. Yeah, no, I think Tarmogoyf is very solid right now. So I like where your, your new list is at. I think that it's a good deck. I also think that you're a, you're a wonderful person. And you're going to do well at this event. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I was actually impressed. So after getting the Tarmogoyfs and actually playing with them, like my biggest problem with Tarmogoyf is I just always remember Tarmogoyf being a four five, always a four five. And that doesn't match up well against uh, Gurmag Angler. And I've actually been surprised at how often I'm getting it up to the five six, um, especially against like the four color control list that are running Baleful Strix. Like a Baleful Strix in the graveyard is great for a Tarmogoyf. Yeah. I've been liking that. I'm just testing it a bit more. I'm still tweaking the mana base. Um, maybe you're right. Maybe I should just uh, take the pacifier out and cut the swamp for my list. Uh, what do you, What do you think as far as uh, you know? Are people over gaming for Grixis Delver? Should they be more preparing for an open field, like you said? Um, in terms of you talking about your deck that you're playing, I think you're. Uh, 
I, I switched I switched uh, perspectives halfway through. Like totally <laughs> off, totally like off your net. I'm keeping you in, keeping you on your toes. Yeah, I'm just gonna play Eldrazi at the tournament. Oh, okay, yeah, great choice. Um, so yeah, I think people should plan for an open meta game and also plan to beat Grixis Delver. And I I think that definitely your choice is good because a card like Tarmogoyf. You know, I think it's more of looking at what the answers are in the format when you're playing your threats, and then you look at your answers in terms of what other people are playing, and you sort of mix those things together, and then you you create a deck list. So I think that when you, I think that Pyroblast is always important. I've I've talked that it's important for the last you know two years or whatever, but it's less important now than it has been, and I think there's a lot of replacements for it. So I think that playing Bug is sort of okay now, and I also think that Fatal Push Hysteria is sort of gone. People have moved to all these lightning bolts. We just looked at a top eight deck list that could play a bunch of Fatal Pushes if they wanted to, and instead they play three lightning bolts. Now, granted, they do play some Strixes and Decays and stuff, but I think that your your Tromagoyfs, I think, are a lot better than they have been uh, in the last year or two. So I like it. So you're saying it's great that I just sold all my Tromagoyfs. Awesome. <laughs> what the heck? I thought, I thought you were freaking playing the stat. <laughs> I'm borrowing your timer goes from. Oh, me. I forgot about that. Okay. Are you really? You got the future. <laughs> do you not have them anymore? I no, can get I other ones. I, I just forgot about that. <laughs> this is why you told me to remind you a week before the event. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you got the do you have future site timer goes? I do. All right, good, good. Just make it Jerry, sure. you have to play with Modern Master 17 timer goes. I'm sorry. <laughs> non foils. <laughs> No, Wait uh, a second. No, you have to give some sort of in, like insane ad spots to the brainstorm show. You have to promote Land Shark beer like twelve times on, <laughs> on the show in the next Pat, two months. Oh, I'll, we can trade sponsors. You guys can promote Boston oh, Market and we'll promote Sand Shark. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> These are complimentary products, though. You know. Yeah, like you have to be hammered drunk to want to go to a Boston market. Is that what you're saying? Like, Listen, Pat. Yes. <laughs> we have talked long, long about the amazing Boston market that is on the highway on the way to the DCU oh center. I literally, I literally wouldn't give my dog Boston market, Jerry. <laughs> Don't Lucky talk about dog. our sponsors that way. <laughs> Boston market, your favorite dog food. Jesus, we're gonna get sued for libel. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, what were we talking about? I forget. I think we're. I was about to give some shout outs, so I'd like to give a shout out to Cyrus. Uh, Cyrus is asking me for a shout out right now. Cyrus Corman Gill. Cyrus is a student at UC Berkeley. He's an avid listener of Leaving a Legacy. He's a even bigger fan of the Brainstorm Show, and he would like to say hey to everybody. Whoa. And that Cyrus, uh, set the record straight. That's not true. <laughs> I mean, I am. <laughs> oh, whoa. Just kidding. Okay, I'm just kidding. Cyrus loves Leaving a Legacy. So Cyrus says hey to everybody. And then uh, the Miracles chat. The Miracles chat says hello, and our deck sucks. And, uh <laughs> That giving them a so, shot. <laughs> that chat. So it's called Miracles Chat. Ironically, there is no miracles discussion in it <laughs> at all. All it does is constantly break down my self esteem. <laughs> it's just an insult factory. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess I guess those guys can get shouted out. <laughs> uh, Pat, you got uh, you got any shout outs? Um. No, I'm just going to scoop you in, Wilson. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, we uh, 
man, I, I, I really I, – I recommend it more than once in the cast, but your show is one of those things – like, okay, I think about the Brainstorm show, right? And I think about that, that podcast you guys do, and it's like every episode – uh, is is worth listening to. Like, I feel like leaving Legacy, we're kind of like... Mm. <laughs> I was trying to think of an, al- an analogy for this. And I just, Please stop. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> it's like... It's like... The Brainstorm show is like a show like, like Breaking Bad, where every episode is like this carefully crafted piece of art where they're... Like, you gotta watch... You gotta watch them all, and they're all worth watching. Whereas Leaving Legacy's, like, daytime talk show... Where it's like ninety nine percent filler, say, it's pretty much forgettable. I mean, it's. It, I was going to say Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z is a good analogy. I don't know what that is. What's Dragon Ball? Z? Are you guys like the Rush Limbaugh show? Yeah, <laughs> like most of it's you know it's it's there's a lot of filler in there. There's some good good parts, but you really don't have to listen to every episode. Whereas, like I recommend, like you guys have a like thirty eight or thirty nine episodes of a catalog, and I recommend people listen to them all because you guys, I think, do a really great job and. And that's my that's my my scoop today is I just want to scoop you in and and say thank you so much for putting out a, a really great show like that and thank you for coming on our show and uh, and just being a general generally awesome guy. I'm sad I won't be able to get a chance to meet you in in Seattle, but hopefully our paths will cross uh, sometime soon. No, well, I appreciate that. Honestly, I just sort of put up with uh, Phil and Paul, but mostly <laughs> Phil, and just so I can talk about legacy for a couple hours. <laughs> Uh, wow. Uh, well, I'm going to scoop in our corporate sponsors so that they don't drop us. Uh, this is to Boston Market. Thank you for providing Who's healthy this money? nutritious. <laughs> You're not getting the checks? Is it just me? <laughs> I'm not taking dirty Boston Market money. <laughs> Blood money. No way. No way. Well, I'm also going to scoop in, Wilson. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I feel... I feel uh, the legacy people I talk to pretty much every day at this point with all the group chats and the Facebook pages. Uh, you know, it's getting to the point that they're some of the most people, the people that I talk to the most. So I always appreciate that. And thanks for coming on and talking with your voice, Wilson. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Am I supposed to do a scoop situation here? I thought we just did them. I thought. Oh, I, thought... <laughs> I didn't. Okay. You could you could scoop, though. You could scoop right now. OK. Um... Will you scoop to me? Don't I'll don't scoop. ever no don't do it don't ever scoop to Jerry make him earn the win man make him earn it <laughs> all right yeah I'm not scooping never mind <laughs> oh man you could scoop you could scoop <laughs> no absolutely not thank you I'm done oh. okay oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> son of a bitch bat. <laughs> Uh, we got dice game, Pat. Uh, I guess so. Sure. Yeah, you guess so. <laughs> also, Aaron kept turning off commenting. I was going in like every other day and turning commenting back on on the joke. It was game. the best. How can how can people put good jokes on there if it's turned off? You know, there's so many jokes that need to be said. Uh, none of these actually, oh, actually need to be said. No, not a single one not, needs to be said. <laughs> Wilson, do you have a joke? Do you have a joke? Do I have a joke? <laughs> Do you have a joke? <laughs> that pregnant uh, pause was worth it. <laughs> so good. All right, ready? Yep. Sneak and show. <laughs> Son of a bitch, get off the cast. <laughs> all right, Jerry, uh, we'll die. All right. 
Also, shout out to Wizards of the Coast for having a, a website that just lets you roll a d20. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. D20 Modern Dice Roller. It's a Wizards of the Coast website. Oh, I didn't realize that. I'm glad they invested in that instead of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this website looks like it was designed on like new grounds in 1998. <laughs> or or GeoCities. Uh, we got a seven. Bob Champany. What do you call an Amish man with his arm halfway up a horse's ass? I don't know what, Pat. <laughs> a mechanic. <laughs> that joke's it's not funny. See, it's not funny. I already read it. Like, I knew the punchline. So whenever you know the punchline, the joke's not good. It doesn't matter what the joke no. is. Most of these jokes are not good, even if you don't know the punchline. <laughs> Shut your mouth. They're, all, they're like, almost all... T- Oh, I can't even go on this. I can't even go on this ranting. I'm just going to copy paste it from last week. <laughs> Wait, where is the, where are these questions it's, coming it's, from? So we have a, we have a pinned thread on the Facebook page that you, uh, listeners are allowed to submit a joke to this thread, and we will roll a d20 every week and we'll read the whatever, whatever number comment that happens to be. So um, it's been a it's been a, a nightmare every single week. I hate it. <laughs> it's been it's almost as bad as the song game we played and. Uh, I just hope that one day the page gets shut down and we never have to do this game again. <laughs> Your Facebook group's gotten pretty raw. Like, I can't open this thing when my wife's in the room anymore. There's a lot going on on the page. Stuff gets lost on the page so quickly. Well, like, we, we added, like, over almost 60 people this week. Like I know, like right? It's it's, it's started happening? growing way. It's it's it's. How many Russian like, trolls are in the group? No, oh, I man. filter every single one of them. <laughs> like, we, yeah, we have like some security questions people have to answer, like when they when they join the the group. Like, how old like, is Joseph Percival Lissette? <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm going to do when I start this new job because the majority of my day is actually vetting people applying to the group. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Uh, but yeah, we're up to like 1,200 people now, which is awesome. Love every single one of you guys. But uh, I don't. <laughs> Jesus some of you I, goodness. Some of you I specifically don't love. Uh, Jerry's top of the list. <laughs> Pat, I'm going to read another joke here just, just because... Uh, just because you know i think there's some quality on here and great. you know there great, need, great. there needs to be some stuff there needs to be stuff this is you just oh. wasting my night Braden defoe Braden defoe my man listen to this an apple pie sells for two dollars in jamaica that same apple pie sells for two dollars and fifty cents in the bahamas these are the pie rates of the caribbean <laughs> see you laughed i got a laugh <laughs> It was it was fine. That was that was okay. It was, was a okay. chuckler. We got a chuckle. Mission accomplished. Wait, so is that is that not true? Like is that <laughs> No, I'm serious. I didn't understand the joke. Those are the pirate rats of pie the rates. Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, pirates? Get you get it? Don't understand. All I know is Pirate Stompy is going to win your bracket. <laughs> it's going to win March Madness. <laughs> and uh, has kept me very involved in the Leaving Legacy community group. <laughs> the only reason why Wilson checks the page anymore is to vote in the polls. Smart. Smart man. Uh, did you submit a The bracket? poll. Singular. No, I just... I'm freaking like promoting this Pirate Stompy poll to all of my friends and making sure they were fine. The other thing, though, is High Tide. And I think High Tide lost to, to whatever it was playing against. Yeah, I, I, I did lose. Sad I tried to I bump tied. it and all this stuff. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you guys probably deleted my bump. You guys delete like 80% no, of the I things I put what? in this group. No, we don't delete anything. 
Unless it's like obscene stuff. I was like, hey guys, let's talk about the uh, if Deathrite Shaman should be banned in Legacy <laughs> and all of the decks that should be played. Let's talk about deep strategy of Deathrite Shaman. You're like, delete. That and then was... I see like and then I see like a cat meme <laughs> over top of my comment that got deleted. Uh, that was Pat. You had the unfortunate side effect. Yeah, can we just talk about that for a second? Pat makes this grandiose statement. All right, guys, I'm sick of it. No more Deathrite Shaman bitching. The next Deathrite Shaman comment I see gets deleted. And it just it happened to be yours, Wilson. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> totally unintentional. <laughs> And then Pat completely failed to live up to his promise, and the rest of the page was just nothing but death right shaman discussion. I, I was at work. I don't have so much time. There, no, you, maintaining the Facebook page is a full time job. We need an intern. That's what we need. Wilson, Wilson, you should send us some of your workers to be interns, unpaid, of course. I'll work on that. There's this guy named Rugved. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah, strongly recommend. I, I hear Rugved would make a great unpaid intern. Yes. Uh, well, or wait. Cyrus. Yeah, Cyrus is a college student. Ah, oh, that's Cyrus. Hit us up if you want some unpaid intern work. I'll write you a recommendation. Yeah, he's also a <laughs> poli-sci major, so he'll never get a job. So. <laughs> Excuse me. I was a poli-sci major. <laughs> uh, why, why were you a poli-sci major? I, you know what? Never mind. International so podcast about magic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to work in finance, international relations, and jazz guitar, baby. Double Jeez. major. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm surprised I'm not living in a cardboard box right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, um, uh, Wilson, do you do you uh, have like a, a Twitter account? Or I know you're on face the Facebook page as well. If someone wants to get a hold of you to talk to you about uh, Wizard Tribal, uh, which is the new hotness coming into Legacy. Uh, where can they get a hold of you? Please do not contact me anywhere. <laughs> but you're welcome to talk to Philip Braverman if you'd like to talk about any ideas you have about Legacy Format. And he's on Facebook, primarily. Um, also, you can post in the Leaving a Legacy community group, and I will respond to it. Just tag me there. How about the uh, the, Bra- the Brainstorm Show group as well? Yeah, you got to you... promote your stuff, man. Yeah, well, I'll, yeah, I'll drop it in the show notes, man. Uh... And you gotta, well, listen, if, you don't, if people don't listen to the podcast, like if you're listening to this cast and you don't listen to the Brainstorm Show, you are just you're just doing things completely wrong. Yeah, appreciate should, that. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you need to, you need to switch, switch, that, uh, switch that around. Make sure you listen to top. the Brainstorm Show after you listen to Leaving a Legacy, though. Uh yeah, because you want all the good stuff to stay in your brain. You don't want it to get pushed out by our <laughs> Yeah, in comparison, we make we make everything look good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, you guys are great. I appreciate you guys having me on. You guys are doing awesome stuff for the Legacy community. I think regular content for the Legacy community is great. Having a regular podcast to listen to often is, is really good. So I think this is uh, really appreciated, guys feel honored oh man yeah it's great to have you on mm-hmm. um and uh you can find jerry at jme3rd you can find me at pat Uglow. find the stream twitch.tv slash pat we're on patreon uh find us on hipsters join the facebook group leaving a legacy if you want to support the uh, if you want to email the show uh, you know dick pics or deck lists <laughs> leaving a legacy at hipstersthecoast.com this is why i don't check the emails i'll let pat send me the important <laughs> ones <laughs> 
The dick pics, obviously. That's like a, that's a cherry. Pat, that's a typo. That's supposed to say deck pics. Deck pics. Send us pictures of your deck. D-E-C-K. If you donate to the Brainstorm Show, we send 80% of our proceeds to Leaving a Legacy. <laughs> That is not true. <laughs> Though, was it you or someone else? Someone changed my screen name in the group to donate to the brainstorm show. <laughs> so every yeah, time your, I make a post. Your subconscious. Oh, I did it myself in my sleep. <laughs> every time I post anything, it's just this glaring, glaring ad for the brainstorm show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh, boy. Uh, I can't wait for GP Seattle. This is going to be oh, an interesting time. <laughs> Awesome. awesome. All right, Pat. Play us out with the same thing you play us out every night.